Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. The Bible is telling us that God loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses. And you know what? What people do to you and I, it really doesn't matter. It's how we respond instead of reacting to those matters. Very big difference there. And so here, look, not only do we see God's love shown to us in verses 4 and 5, but in verses 6, I'm sorry, the second part of verse 5 into 6, God's love shared with us. Do you know that God loved you when you were sinning? In this message today, Pastor Bill dives into how God's love is truly available to all at all times. And because He loves you, you also need to show love to others. Does it really matter what people do to you? No. What really does matter? You're showing the love of your Heavenly Father to them. By doing this, you'll be an example for God. You'll show them grace, and they deserve grace too. After all, God showed you grace. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. He has pity for us, and we too should have that, but he also loved us. And the difference between that is being moved with compassion, but then taking action, having someone's best interest at heart. You can have compassion all day long, but when are you willing to then take the next step as God has called you to surrender yourself or to give of yourself to love someone else? And that's where, hey, you know, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh man, poor people, wow. But see you later because I got to go where I'm going, you know. And here, as you look at this here, we simply see a question that's revealed to us this morning. Are we, those who, of us who have professed to know Christ and have his character, are we demonstrating or showing this kind of character towards others? I know you receive it for yourself. I know you like it when, you, when it's yours. But are you distributing it to others? That's a question we must face this morning. Let's take dealing with someone in need, for example. You have compassion for them. I'll tell you a story that happened not too long ago of my son, my youngest son, a young girl that comes to the church. She's six years old now, and um, she runs this in the neighborhood. All, all, all wee hours of the night, you know, sometime in the summertime, you see her out in the street, two o'clock in the morning, and it's, it's, that's, that's early for her. But this one day, she's at the church, she's saying, hey, I don't eat breakfast, which is very true, which we discovered. My son says, what, you don't eat breakfast? Oh, you know what, let me tell you something, the next time, you, from now on, you don't never have to miss out on breakfast, you can come to our house and eat. And so he'll work. He's 10. <laughs> but he's definitely volunteered whatever was in the kitchen to feed this young girl. First day the girl show up, she don't come alone. She come with about five other kids with her. I'm like, all right, Tim. I didn't want to say his name, but I'm like, all right. And so we got all these kids in there. They, they mixing it all up and stuff. And I'm like, all right, how's this going to work, you know? <laughs> it's amazing to see how even, you know, the Lord make provision, but then I go and share the same story at a church around in, our, in, our, in our state, right? And 
I leave out of the place, and the person someone gave me there cases of liquid eggs, bacon, sausages, some grown people's clothing, but it was breakfast that was provided. But not only that, but uh, two weeks later, my wife calls me and says, there's a box here that has a doll baby in it for Haley. And there was a note written there. And in the envelope was a check for $1,000 for her. And so it was just mind blowing that through a simple act of compassion from my son, and not just that, but extending love, willing to wake up because, you know, he want to sleep in. It's summertime, you're out of school, you know. Oh, oh you, you, you started the ministry, now you got to do the work, you know. That's your sacrifice. You ain't say, oh, come over here, my mom and my dad going to cook for you. No, 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 get in that kitchen and work it up, you know. And so, you know, he, he had to do it and he was doing it and it's been great for him, you know. But to see how God made the provision for him in his willingness to meet someone in need. And so not only that, but how about when we deal with people with conflict? You know, I deal with kids, troubled teens all the time. You know, one kid I'm thinking of specifically, 15 years old, fatherless, mothers paralyzed, 10 siblings, you know, oldest brother doing a life sentence, the, younger, the other two brothers under him run the gangs down there, then there's him, his sister, then him. And then the other young brothers, then their family claims to be Muslim. And somebody said this to him. He said, they, they said to him, you are the most church going Muslim I've ever met because he's always around. But then you also see his younger brothers coming around and even myself building relationship with his older two brothers. But he's angry. This young 15 year old angry, ready to fight you at the drop of the dime. You whether young, old, whatever, he just out there. Doesn't know Jesus and just how to just walk through a situation just in a diplomatic way, you know, and you look at him and you can just see the hurt and you can also see the the hardness, but you can also see the tenderness when you get alone with him one on one. And so when you look at someone like that in the life that he's living and what he's been exposed to from young, very angry, very hard, but. The Lord has given us a heart of compassion and love for an individual like such. And we have to remember, even as Luke chapter 6, verse 36 says, be merciful just as your father also is merciful. We see his riches, but we also see God's love shown to us in its reality. And here we see... God's love was great towards us. We see it in verse five. It says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God's love was tested on even the greatest of levels. And let me tell you something, yours and my love will be tested on the same level as well. Hey, when people do you wrong, when people, you know, talk about you, when people treat you in an in a ill way, when they trespass against you, hey, your love is going to be tested. And here we see, like, because it, it seems that Paul is amazed by, through this statement here that even when we were dead in our trespasses, he chose to show his love towards us. And so here, 
being merciful, understand this, is a choice. And you and I have to choose to be merciful to someone. That's a choice. You have to make that choice. Here, look, hey, understand this. When somebody wrongs you or offends you, hey, we have the opportunity to choose to remember, but for the grace of God, and to remember that God loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses. You know, as you think about this, many times we want to deal with things just on a surface level. We have to understand even when somebody trespasses against us, sins against us, there's an attack on your emotion. And emotions are real. You have a feeling. Somebody do something wrong to you, somebody that you extend in love to. You know, if you're in a marital relationship and your spouse does something or says something that harms you, you whoa. You know, next time you guard up. You, you don't want to be vulnerable and being merciful and showing love takes vulnerability. It just does that. Hey, babe, you said this to me and it, and it hurt my feelings. Or you did this. And, and, and I felt this way about that. To do that means that you're going to be vulnerable because you don't know if the next time it comes around, if it's going to happen again. And so seeing this here, understanding this, let me give you an example how your emotion can affect how you have perceived what has taken place and the reality of what's taken place. You see, because the reality is this, through your emotion, God wants to give you victory. But the same emotion that you're going through is the same thing that Satan wants to destroy you in. Wants you to believe a lie. You know, a few months ago, I was at the gym and I realized when I got there, I left my cell phone. And so I start going, hey, okay, God, if, if my wife loves me, She'll bring my cell phone to me, <laughs> you know, I start processing this thing, you know, God, you know, just just get her to bring the phone, you know. And when she gets there, I say, babe, you got my phone. She's like, nope, I, don't have, no, I ain't see your phone. And I'm saying like, what? Like she had to see it. She had to know it was right there in the bathroom on the counter when she went in the bathroom. She saw it, got to. And you know what? Maybe even saw it and made an intention. Now, I'm not bringing it. You can start to think that way. I'm, I'm the only one. Come on. I know I'm all the way on the West Coast and y'all nice people, but, you know, we can get that process going through our mind. And so here it was, right? She was she giving me her phone so that I can use it while I was in the gym. I give it back. I get home. I'm looking high and low. I assumed that it was in the bathroom on the counter there. I'm looking high and low, left, right. I never, ever before this had used Find My iPhone app. It was lost so much, so much. <laughs> I was like, how you use this, figured it all out, and then send a chime to the phone. And it's bling, bling, and it's, it's in between, wedged between some clothes and a box. And I'm saying like, I didn't put this here. How in the world did this get here? And now this is what could happen. She put this here. <laughs> Possible, right? No, no, no. Y'all got the perfect relationship. I understand. It's always one in the crowd. No way. I would never think that way about my spouse. Yeah, right. <laughs> Look, you may not verbalize that, but you, you, it'll come here. All right. So look here. 
the reality of her extending her phone to me, loaning it to me, could have been so far from my perception. I could say, oh man, you know, she put my phone there and she left my phone there. And all of these things could have been playing in my mind while the act of love was shown by loaning me her phone. And you see, we have to bring in line our perception to meet our reality. If not, you know what? We won't be vulnerable to show love. And you know what? We'll guard up when people are trying to or when we'll assume that people are going to hurt us and offend us and afflict us here. You understand this? The Bible is telling us that God loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses. And you know what? What people do to you and I, it really doesn't matter. It's how we respond instead of reacting to those matters. Very big difference there. And so here, look, not only do we see God's love shown to us in verses four and five, but in verses six, I'm sorry, the second part of verse five into six, God's love shared with us. And that is what he did. And note the three things that he did here. Number one, as he pulled us from the tomb, if you may, he made us alive together with Christ. He says, by grace, you have been saved. In other words, made us alive It's one word in the Greek, meaning to make alive the opposite of being dead. And God has done that as we've come into this relationship together with him. It's an intimate thing. And we are not alive. You may be walking, functioning, breathing, all of that stuff. But if you are not in a living relationship with him today, I don't care how functional you are and athletic and all of that. You are dead in your trespasses and sin. But God's desire is to make you alive in him. And so here, as you look at this here, not only that, but also we see that he has raised us up together with him. In other words, he's awakened us. And that is for every one of us who have put our trust in Christ Jesus today. He has delivered us from a spiritual death. Not only did he raise us up, but he also made us to sit together with him in heavenly places. You know, many of us need to be raised up. We need to come up, right? From our self-pity, depression, all of that stuff. We, we need to be lifted up. God needs to encourage us. You know, we need to find exhortation in him, right? He, he, he does that. He raises us up. But he also causes us to sit together with him. And I see a lot of times we're going through self-pity, self-depression, all of that stuff because we're not willing to sit together with him. Sitting together with him is just as important as him raising you up and being in a living relationship together with him. It is vital that you and I sit together with Christ regularly. I'm not even going to say just once a day. I'm going to say throughout life that we take time, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the afternoon and morning, whether it's in the morning, noon and night. Hey, as much as possible that we would delight in just hanging out with him. It is so vital. I see so many Christians living and walking powerless. And I believe it's a direct attack because we're not sitting with him. 
I live in the northeast region. Everything is fast. I don't know. California seems like it's just laid back. But where I live, everything is quick, 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 quick. You know what? You got to stop. Just pump the brakes. And just separate yourself. And so here, look, understand this. Are we willing to sit together with him? He's, if not, he'll put you in a place and he'll make you sit together with him. <laughs> but you know what else I find? It's not only that God has made us alive with him and not only that he's raised us up and moving us forward in him. But we don't like to sit with him because a lot of times when we sit with him, we don't like to hear what he's saying to us about us. You know, you go, I got a word for you, brother, or I got a word for you, sister. God's given me a word. No, I was praying, and God spoke to me about you last night. That's fine. But what did he say to you about you? That's another question. And if we're going around telling everybody what God said to them about someone else, and never taking the time to hear what God is saying to us about us, we mixed up. You see, because when we sit with him, he's going to get at some stuff that's in us that we really don't want to hear, if we're being honest. Oh, God, we like the mushy God stuff. But how about you lacking in love towards your spouse. How about, hey, these areas where you need to love your children or sacrifice some time with your children? You know, how about those things? How about, hey, spend some time with me? How about those things that he's speaking to you in your thought process, in your life, in your behaviors, in your ways that you live? You represent him in word, but in character that are lacking. Look, that, that, that's what he do. That's, that's what he did to Peter after Peter went back fishing. He pulled him to the side, had breakfast with him, sat with him, and, and, and got at him about him. You go check out the story in, in, in um, John chapter 21 if you have time this week. But look here. He's made us alive. He's raised us up, and he's made us or caused us to sit together with him in this heavenly realm. And then we come in for a landing in verse 7. For the third point, God's love shown through us. And it says, this is what the purpose of verse six is for, is that in the age to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. In the age to come, it's from forever, for all time, future, as well as past. That for the age to come, this is what he says, that he might show. In other words, to demonstrate or to put on display. Do you know whether you like it or not, your life is on display? Your life is on display for something. Whether you're in a relationship with Christ or not, your life is public display for others to see and read. Now, as a Christian... Your life is on display, whether you're a secret agent <laughs> or, you know, you closet Christian. That's what I'm talking about. But, but your life, as you go and profess, your life on display. And people that don't even read the Bible can tell you some things about you if you're not being a good example. And so here, look, understand this. He has 
done all these things. He's caused you to sit together with him. He's raised you up. He's made you alive. For what? For the purpose that he can put your life on public display, past, present, future, and sing here, look here, and that people could see the exceeding riches of his grace in your life and through your life. Not only that you are a recipient of this life, but that you are also distributing this life that he has poured out on you and I. And so we see this here, but we also see his kindness towards us. People need to see his kindness in us or towards us, but also see the kindness of God shown towards them through your life. And so not only that, but here we see where it all takes place. It's in this relationship with Christ Jesus. There's a benefit, I believe, here. When you live your life in Christ, there is benefits of his grace being shown towards you. But there is also the opportunity to show grace towards others. There's also that opportunity to show love towards people and mercy towards others, even when they have trespassed against you. Even when they were dead in their trespasses. Hey, when somebody wrongs you the next time, remember that God loved you even when you were dead in your trespasses. And here, as we see here, he has now made us alive in him. And now in this relationship with him, we can conclude in the reality that it's not just being a recipient of this grace but also giving it towards others. Who do you know in your life, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your community, whether it's on the workplace, that person that just gets on your nerves? That's the person. Whatever the Holy Spirit just reminds you of, that's the person right, right there. Don't, don't accept him. No, no, no. That person right there. Look, it may even be in your church. No, nobody. Oh, I'm sorry. You go to church all day, fellowship hour, you hang out on that side of the building, that person hang out on there, and you just get around the people that, oh, they show love to me, I show love to them. But how about the person that come to you and talk to you about you and, and how they want to encourage you to be built up stronger? Oh, I don't like that person. I'll go over here where the people tell me all the good things about me. No, no, no. Love that individual. That, that the faithful are the wounds of a friend, the Bible tells us. Deceitful is a kiss of an enemy. You know, somebody just tell you, oh, yeah, you're just great all the time. You know, sometimes your spouse might stop talking. Uh-oh. I got a few minutes, so <laughs> the Holy Spirit must want me to talk about that. Sometimes your spouse might just stop talking because you're too hard-headed to receive from what she has already been saying to you. And you know what? The reality is your spouse know you better than anybody else around you other than God. She see the real you. And her perception and her reality are normally very close. But we be softened enough to receive what it is, take it into our prayer closet, and make the adjustment to glorify God.
That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Ephesians, and we pray that it's been eye-opening for you. In this book, Paul explains that it doesn't matter where you come from or what you look like. What matters is that Christ unites us as one. In Jesus, we all belong. Do you ever let differences hinder you from having genuine relationships? Do you let cultures or skin color get in the way of Christ-like living? Paul knew that although differences can be difficult to process, unity is the heart of God. To be one with each other is to be one with the Father. We hope you continue to learn more from this book and we encourage you to read ahead on your own. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you can find them on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. If you live in the Inglewood area or happen to be passing through, come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. Before you go, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. We pray you continue to seek Jesus in all you do. Thanks again for joining us. And be sure to catch us next time right here on A Transforming Word. Oh, 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 oh